Hey, what's up, family? Welcome to the live Q&A with yours truly. Hope y'all are doing well. As everyone is coming in live, I want to make sure I talk to those who's watching me later. Hope you all are doing well. Those watching me for the very first time, my name is Josh Rezzi, also known as Coach Josh, and my goal is to help make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. And like, after you watch this video, like, man, I like that guy's vibe. Go ahead and subscribe. I would love to be a culture around. But for those who's been rocking me, you know how I do it for a long period of time. I want to say thank you so much for being a subscriber of mine, being a follower of mine, whether you're watching on YouTube, listening on uh, podcast platforms, or watching on Facebook, man. Thank you all so much for um, trusting what God has entrusted in me. And I pray it continues to be a treasure for you. But as everyone is coming in live, I'm going to let you guys know about some things that I got going on, like my latest book, my eighth book, actually, The Wholeness Journal. It's a great resource for your wholeness journey. Um, it's a book with 125 reflective questions, uh, 25 different articles, 52 weeks worth of accountability journal entries. It's just a great book to help you prepare to hold the important things of life. Also got a card game. The first one who spell whole wins a fun interactive card game, a card game for you all to discuss uh, um, questions about wholeness. Uh, as well as some fun interactive stuff. These resources and tools are for teens, singles, dating couples, and married couples. All these resources are available on my website, IamUnplugged.com. Let me see if we got some people in here. Also, if you need some coaching, if you want to book me for a one-on-one group or you want to bring me out to an event, uh, make sure you check out my website, IamUnplugged.com forward slash custom dash coaching. Hey, if you need some help on relationships, spiritual development, uh, getting through your singleness, purpose, branding and marketing, whatever it is, let me know. Let's submit your budget. Let me know what you could do and I can see if I can get you in on my schedule. Sweet Aroma says, hey, what's going on? Uh, I don't want to butcher your name, Miss Stewart, but hello, listening from Las Vegas. Thank you for watching. Jojo, what's up, family? What's up, Coach Josh? It's Jojo. How do I learn about discipline and faith with God? Well, you, if you look at the word discipline, it reminds you of another word like disciple. A, dis, a disciplined one is a disciple. Every one of us is a disciple of someone. We are following something or someone at the moment. And whomever you are a disciple of, you will uh, 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 adopt that individual's or philosophies or principles, disciplines, right? And so in order for you to become more disciplined, you got to have a certain desired outcome. I have these type of points that I want you to process. Every uh, believer has to ask themselves, what is my desired outcome from my spiritual walk with God? Most believers' desired outcomes are shallow. They're just happy to be a child of God. Most uh, Christians, a lot of Christians, I want to say most, a lot of Christians are Christians are just content with being a child of God. They don't want to be a soldier of God. They don't want to be a, a steward of God, right? And so your desired outcomes will determine your disciplined outputs. When you begin to have a desired outcome spiritually of healing the sick, raising the dead, um, delivering individuals, um, or whatever it is, uh, doing great things for God, advancing the kingdom of God in the marketplace or in ministry or whatever, in your marriage, when you have a certain level of desired outcomes, then it garners certain level of disciplines, right? And so when you say, hey, 
I just want to be a child of God. You're just going to be sitting in the kitchen waiting for the food to get done. You're just going to be sitting there waiting for God to do stuff. But if you really want to be a part of the family business and be a part of the kingdom business, then there's going to be certain disciplines you have to output in order for those outcomes to happen. So how do you learn how to become more disciplined and, and have more faith with God? You have to have a desired outcome. You have to say, you know what? I want to do more for God. I want to, I want to do great things for God. Even Jesus said greater, uh, a greater works you guys will do, right? Because of the technology, because of what's going on in society, greater works. And so when you look inside of yourself and see the destiny that God wants to pull out of you, you know that in order for these things to actually um, become evident, I got to execute certain disciplines, right? So I want you to take a sheet of paper and just write down, what is it that you want to do for God? What does God want you to do for him and on behalf of his kingdom? Write it down and then ask yourself, what type of disciplines must I have in my life for those outcomes to be evident, right? Now, how do you build more faith in God? Faith develops through faithfulness and faithfulness in you develops by uh, observing God's faithfulness towards you. Faith is a muscle. And that's why you have to count all joy when you go through various trials, because those trials are periods that's going to develop things in you and, and pull things out of you to make you have stronger faith. And so it's a beautiful journey. And so no matter what you face in life, just, just have glory I and mean, just um, uh, be grateful for the trial, be grateful for the season and see the purpose of it. But I hope that helped family. Great question. Jody Real says, how to not be too strict while raising Christian children? Great question. Well, I don't have any kids, but I do have kids, kids that I look after at school. Um, kids be uh, 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 looking up to me and, and they, boy, I tell you, kids, are, are a blessing from God, man. And it's an honor to be a father figure to them, to, to be in their lives. So I can, I kind of can give some advice towards this, but as far as my own children, I don't have those yet. We're looking forward to it, but let me give you the advice anyway. How to not be too strict. We have to realize, first thing you have to ask yourself, have I healed from all my wounds? Have I healed from all my wounds? Because what happens as parents or father figures or mother figures, we try to live vicariously through our children based upon the wounds or the things that we never achieved, right? So you have to ask them, have I allowed everything in me to be healed? Because if not, then you're going to be grow, you're going to be a, a growing children in dysfunction because of the things you didn't function in or your own personal dysfunctions, right? So when it comes to raising kids, you have to look at them as human beings. You got to look at yourself as a gardener and they're your garden. You got to toil, you got to pull weeds out. And the Holy Spirit is the only one that knows the personality of a child. He's the only one that knows exactly the right angle that you should address each situation. And that's why you have to develop certain spiritual disciplines like praying in tongues or 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 taking some calm, uh, uh, calming down techniques, right? And then realizing that a lot of the things that children do that could be quote unquote defiance or rebellion could just be a personality trait of theirs that hasn't been refined. And what happens is we try to uh, uh, um, force those traits out of, not force them out of them, but we try to force them not to do certain things versus molding those certain things. So you have to first ask yourself, have I been healed from all my wounds? If not, then I'm going to be probably too forceful, too strong, because I want something uh, more, how can I put this? I want more out of them than potentially God wants. 
And what I mean by that is, is that God will utilize you as a resource to pull out of your children what needs to be pulled out of them, right? But you don't want to have all these unhealed wounds and unrealistic expectations and then have your child growing up in a dysfunctional home or a pressuring home and they really can't be who God wants them to be because their parents is overbearing. Hope they help. Let's keep going. Yvette Kelly from Chicago. My wife's in the building. My wife, thank you, sweetheart. Thank you, babe. Um, Unique Creation says, hey, coach, I reconnected with the next. How do you stop from just picking right back where you left and tread slowly? He always wants time to stay at his home, and I don't want to be in fornication. Well, all of a sudden, it seemed like that um, your ex hasn't transformed into potentially being your next. So what I would do is X him out of the picture. If he's still practicing habits and still trying to pull you into environments to try to benefit off of you, then he's utilizing. I'm not, I don't know everything about this gentleman, but he could be potentially utilizing what was familiar for him to get out of you, uh, what he used to get out of you, right? So what I would do is you have to first, before you engage or entertain anybody, you have to ask yourself, is God, is this what you want me to do, God? Is this what I'm supposed to do right now? You see what I'm saying? Sometimes we pick up something that was in the trash. Some things belong in the trash and we going back to trash cans, pulling out the Bible talks about how dogs return back to their vomit. When God then already vomited out of you the toxins and threw up and you threw up all those bad things, that's like going back to your vomit to eat it up. Nobody in their right mind Well, after they throw up, go back and eat they throw up. But oftentimes we do it more than we think. And so what happens is you got to look at, is this trash or is this treasure? Is this throw up or is this something that's going to help me up? Right. And you have to really ask yourself, what is drawing me back to him? And it could be a soul tie. And I have a book for that. If you haven't got it already, a book called uh, The Purpose of Freedom, How to Untie Soul Ties and Uproot Strongholds. This book right here will help you really understand what soul ties are and how you can be uh, tangled with the individual and having a stronghold with a certain individual. And then you'll think that the goosebumps is God thinking that this person is the right one for you when it's not. So you reconnected with the ex. He's an ex for a reason. So you got to write down a sheet of paper. Why was he an ex? Why was he an ex? And on another sheet of paper, write down what do you want to have next? And if that ex don't match your next, then you got to X him off your list. All right? Because oftentimes we have, um, you can't marry or date potential. You got to marry or date progression. Oftentimes people get so caught up on a person's potential that they forget it. To, or they overlook the progression. Is this person progressing? Is this person moving on? Is this person moving forward? You can't get so caught up on the potential that you overlook the lack of progression and then you end up not progressing. So those are some things you got to think about, my friend. Natalie says, how to ask God about discernment about a person in your life? Great question, Natalie. <clears throat> Excuse me, get some water. Them leftovers, man. Hmm. And my apologies. I hope you all had an amazing Thanksgiving, man. I know this is this uh, the Super Bowl of Thanksgiving, but we should be having Thanksgiving every day. Thanking God for what he has been, has been given into our lives. All right. How to ask God about discernment about a person in your life? Well, you have to ask or audit your motive for asking God. Why are you asking God? What is the motive behind your ask, right? Uh, do you want this thing that you're asking for more than the person you're asking from, right? 
Because every time you check your motive, you can see the potential idolatry, the potential insecurities, the potential whatever, right? And so always ask yourself, before you ask God, ask yourself, am I asking correctly? The Bible says when you ask, you ask amiss to consume of your own lust, right? And that's why we don't receive things from God. And then we get mad at God, but we never check our heart to see why we even asking from God in the first place. So you have to ask yourself, why am I asking about this individual? Do I want this individual more than I want God? Am, am I just using God as, as a Siri or as a Google, or am I asking him for guidance, right? So that's number one. Number two, um, sometimes the uh, evidence is on the wall. Sometimes the flags are there, right? Sometimes you need to ask God, you can just really ask or a observe or, or acknowledge, is this person really after the things of God? Is this person growing in the things of God? And you have to just make sure that your heart is not so aggressively after the idea of an individual that you never take the time to observe that individual, right? Because sometimes we get so caught up in the idea and the idea never manifests with any type of return on that investment. But when you begin to observe the individual, because you know that you're an individual, then you would really take time to observe that person, right? Because when you're know you when you know you're valuable and valued and valuable that's important when you know you're valued mean that god values you that he loves you that he uh, uh fearfully and wonderfully made you once you know that you're valued then you will see your value and then you will see how valuable you are and then you won't just distribute your value to any and everybody else who cannot either steward value in their own life Right. So how to ask God about discernment? Just first, before you ask God, ask yourself, is my heart right? Is my motives right? Then before you ask God, observe the individual. And then number three, if you don't did those two things and you still want to make sure, ask God then and say, and then let God show you before you say anything to that person or start something with an individual. Uh, 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 let God open the door for clarity. Oftentimes we start things prematurely, get our emotions evolved and then our emotions be God. And then we think that our emotions is God's uh, relaying messages to us that this is okay when it's all just your own insecurities. So ask yourself before you ask God, is my motives right? Why am I asking for this person? Usually when you get past that, you don't even, you don't even have to ask God about anything because you'll see your heart and then you'll fall on your knees and repent. And then you'll say, okay, God, um, um, keep developing me, keep growing me. Hope that help. Also check out this book if you want to need some more uh, help with discernment called Counterfeiter Counterpart, book number seven that I wrote, How to Continue to Discern the Will of God in Every Area of Your Life. Um, there's four ways to test the individual, to test whether or not, uh, to test their temperament, to test the end result of it, to test the scriptural support. Is this person scripturally supported? Is this thing scripturally supported? And to see, is it even in God's timing? So this book will teach you how to test literally everything from a job, from a, 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 a city, from a person, from a friend, from advice. This book is just amazing. Uh, and I hope that book becomes a good resource for you, not only for you, Natalie, but anyone who needs a little bit more help on how God confirms things, um, the importance of clarity, um, how confusion messes you up, and how to know the difference between a counterfeit and a counterpart. Angel, what's going on? Lilo27 says, is it possible for a broken engagement to be restored? What are practical steps to heal from a broken engagement? Well, um, the good thing is that your engagement with God, your engaging with God must not be broken. So when things break in your life, as long as you and God are intact, everything will be uh, all right. Right. But let's get let's get more specific. Can God restore anything? God can restore anything. But the good thing is 
uh, um, the will of God can be evident. The will of God is evident and the will of God can be known. Right. And so what you first have to understand is that God is near the brokenhearted. And so you have to allow this time to heal because that means y'all had a period of time where y'all dated, courted, then got engaged, then the engagement broke, right? The first question I would ask yourself is why did it break? Why was the engagement broken? Those, that's where facts over feelings comes in. Write down the facts. Why did it break? If it broke because, hey, you guys uh, uh, are not healed, you guys just not ready to deal, uh, right or or whatever. What is it? What is the reason why the engagement broke? There, there will lie a lot of evidence on why this thing should not be restored or has the possibility of being restored. If it's a financial reason why it wasn't why it broke, then that can be restored. But if there's like infi not infidelity because I wasn't married, but if there was cheating going on, a lot of things going on, then you just got to say, hey man, uh, uh, I'm just gonna put this in God's hands and we'll see what happens from there. But don't think about the restoration of the engagement. Think about the restoration of your soul. Think about that first. Don't worry about the possibilities of whether this will happen because then you'll be holding on to something that God may want you to let go. In the meantime, uh, allow God to hold you and make you whole from it. It's going to be difficult. Don't get me wrong. So here's some practical ways um, to heal uh, from a broken engagement. Number one, you have to first um, ask God for help. Ask God to help restore you. He's the only one that can help you, right? He's the only one that can restore you. He's the only one that can heal you. So what you do, practical ways to be healed is to be honest, honest with yourself. Where did I drop the ball? Where did I fall? Where did he drop the ball? Where did he fall or she, right? Be honest because honesty leads to proper help. So when you go to God to, for help and be honest with yourself, then you will get the proper help. Number two, you have to, um, um, how can I put this? After you heal, after you are honest, now you have to uh, engage with your purpose, man. Purpose for me helped me heal. Two or, two or three of my books hold some of my heaviest pains. I got to now start engaging in purpose. That's how you heal from anything. You be you heal with God. You let God hold you. You be honest with yourself. And then you start engaging with your purpose. Oftentimes people will say, um, God, help me out of this financially. Help me out of this emotionally. And then God will drop an idea. And you're like, no, God, I need you to help me. Sometimes God gives you practical things to distract you from the pain to take away the pain so that you can gain. Right. And number three, you just got to uh, uh, acknowledge uh, um, God going forward. Once you're honest with yourself, once you ask God for help, then you begin to gauge your purpose. Then you got to practice acknowledgement. Then you got to practice, practice acknowledgement. What I mean by that saying, now I'm going to let you lead me this time, God. I'm going to let you guide me this time. I'm going to trust in you with all my heart. I'm going to lean not to my own status, but in all my ways, I'm going to acknowledge you, God. Because I know you'll direct my paths. Because the more you start acknowledging God in your life right now, the more you'll begin to walk in things that's for your life. And last but not least, in order for you to heal from a broken engagement, you got to let him go completely. You got to let them go completely. If you don't, you're going to have this mystery in the back of your mind. You're going to have this little uh, open door for demons to kind of put little seeds in your mind. And then he can always use that individual as leverage against you. 
So I just spelled the word heal. How to heal from a broken heart? You got to go to God for help and be honest with yourself so you can properly heal. Next, you got to engage in your purpose. You got to get in it, engage. Because in that, you'll begin to find confidence. And in that, you'll begin to find at least gaining from that pain. After that, now you got to start practicing acknowledging God more so that you don't find yourself in broken pieces again. And last but not least, you got to let that person go for real. And if that person meets you at the altar down the road, so be it. But you can't think about it right now. I hope that helps you heal. Angel Freedy says, can you show us how you study your Bible or other ways to study the word, please? Yeah, of course, Angel. What I normally do is look at looking at working out, too. There's a warm up and then there's actually work out. Right. <clears throat> so my warm ups is a proverb a day and a gospel a month. Right. That's my warm up. When I read the Bible, I never go into God's word just for a duty. I don't go to God's word just to uh, uh, check it off my list. I go to God's word <clears throat> as a child will go to a teacher asking that teacher to read to them. Holy Spirit, show me something you never showed anyone before. I never go to my word casually. I never go to my word or uh, whatever, because if you think of yourself as a soldier, no soldier goes to his weapon just to go to his weapon. He's learning the weapon. He's sharpening his skill with the weapon because he never knows when he needs to use that weapon. We have to change the way we look at our word. Our word can no longer be devotionals anymore. Devotionals are just lazy ways of reading God's word. No knock to them. They're beneficial if you do something with it, right? But if you're just going to read your word and say, hey, I read my Bible for the day, post on Instagram, and then go on your merry way, then my friend, you're going to get a lot of things in your way, keeping you from being successful. You got to look at your word of God as, as water and as a weapon. Man, that's good, Father. Water and as a weapon. I got to be nourished by this. I got to be hydrated by this. I got to look at the word of God as living water, as, as something that sharpens me. I got to look at it as a, a weapon, right? I got to look at something I got to become familiar with because demons don't care nothing about your worship songs. The demons don't care about your church and your groups. The devils, though, they care about, do you have faith in the word of God? So when it comes to studying, it's not just about being puffed up in knowledge, being so exegetically astute that you know how to break the word, word down so much that you become prideful, nor is it just to be some cute, cuddly devotional tool. It is real life-giving, uh, uh, yoke-destroying resource, right? So how I look at how I read the Bible is shifted because my perspective of the word of God is different. I don't look at the word of God as just something I do or as a duty. I look at this thing as a weapon and as something I need for nourishment every day. So how do I do this? My warm up is this. I read a proverb a day or I'll read, I'll get into my gospel. Right now, I'm in the gospel of Mark, right? And so I'm also, what was Proverbs 20, 27 today? So Proverbs 27, and now I'm in the book of Mark. That gets me warmed up. That's just my uh, regimen, my ritual. So you have to do something that, that you have something to fall on if you're not led along, right? So you fall on just a basic reading plan. That's the basic reading plan I tell people. A gospel a day, will keep the devil away. Oh, a, a, a proverb a day and a gospel day will keep the devil away. Keep the devil at bay, right? You start off that and then let the Holy Spirit guide you. Now, how do I really do it? I don't just read through. I drive 
through the word of God like I'm driving through a community where a bunch of kids are. All right. You see a little sign says, it'd be weird. How are you going to tell me to drive 18 miles per hour? 22. Like what happened to like 15, 20s and 25s? They'd be like, man, no, you got to drive 18 miles per hour. I'm like 18, fam. What I'm saying is you just can't speed through the word of God. You just can't drive 70 miles an hour in a in a in a 25 mile per hour zone. You can't do that. You got to literally read the word and ask it questions. So let's say James 1, 2, right? Count it all joy. Bro, I can right now as I'm teaching James, I can teach the book of James. I could take I could teach James chapter one for a whole year. Because how God trained me to look at his word. I can't get past the word count. I can't get down to uh, uh so that you could be complete whole like another. I what you mean count? Count it all joy. What is those count it all joy? What those four letters mean to me? Count. Do I know spiritual mathematics? Can I can I really count um, the basic math of, of my belief, the basic math of Christianity? Do I know the basic math? What does joy mean? So what I'm saying is you take each word or particular phrase, and you sit there for a minute. How does the scripture help me? What is the scripture saying to me? What is it in context? So you read 10 verses above, 10 verses below, and what that does is it helps you not twist the scripture and take the scripture out of context, but you're able to understand it. And then like when you look at the woman at the well, you just can't read past that story, not knowing that uh, 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 scribes, Pharisees, teachers of that day never talked to women. And so when people talk about the Bible is misogynistic and it's about men, but the Savior and the Messiah of the world broke cultural norms by talking to women. And, and women, allowing women to follow him and allowing Mary to sit at his feet, that will show you that the, that God himself is not misogynistic. It's not, all, it's not a male-dominant text. So that's how I read the word. It's just so fascinating to see the layers of it. And, and what I know, how I start is Holy Spirit, read this word to me, and he'll guide me. And you got to ask when you go through, especially if you're a creative, when you read the word of God, you got to say, man, is there a potential book out of this? Like, uh, uh, count it all joy when you go through various trials. That right there produced the wholeness book I just wrote. Test every spirit to see if it's of God. That one verse produced this book right here. That one verse produced that book, that whole book, three or some pages, that one verse. God said, write a book on discernment. And then that one book on Count All Joy produced this whole book right here. So what I'm saying is one verse can produce, you could pull out of it a book, a video, a quote. So I don't just speed by. I, I want to know if there's gold here. What do you want me to unfold here? And that's why you know the word of God is powerful. That's why you know the prayer is powerful about how often we don't do it. How often do we read our Bibles? How often do we pray? It's because there's a strategy demonically to keep us at bay, to keep us away from the word. So I got to go, y'all. Time is 11 o'clock. Love you all. Uh, I hope this uh, Q&A was a blessing to you all. Man, 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 man. Look at all these questions. I know, man. I was supposed to do a lot of live Q&As this week. I don't know how it got away from me. But uh, uh, we're gonna we're gonna make it we're gonna make it happen. Hope y'all was blessed by it. Check out the latest books like uh, 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 the Wholeness Journal. Um, great resource over 125 reflective questions on wholeness. Uh, 25 articles on wholeness as well as 52 weeks of accountability journal entries for you to help uh, sustain your wholeness. Also got a card game. The first one who spell whole wins. Fun interactive card game for teens 
for families, for couples um, to really see, are they able to hold what's precious in life? Also, if you are single or or just want to learn more about how to become a better individual, this book, The Purpose Signal, is a great book. Um, are You Whole or Full of Holes? A great resource there. Um, this book right here, Dating Prep, is a great book to help you date God, date self, and become dateable so you can date the love of your life forever. Also has a ton of questions in there. Questions for you to write down, answers to for you and for the individual to see it, uh, to ask the question to eat, to ask the right question to either end the wrong relationship or extend the right relationship. If you're struggling with soul ties or strongholds, this book I wrote, The Purpose of Freedom How to Untie Soul Ties or Strongholds, great resource there. If you need help with discernment to rather know if Tyrone's a counterfeit or if Keisha's a counterfeit, Right, like this book right here will help you with that. Right, <laughs> counterfeit a counterpart, how to continue to discern the will of God in every area of your life, not just in people, but in places, products, perspectives, etc. We also got my wife and I got our own children's book called As He Says, As He's for the Students I Serve. These are cartoon characters. We can't wait to flesh these ideas out more. Also, we got this book called World of War Me, How to Win the War Within. Great book on spiritual warfare, the whole armor of God, and how to win. Uh, all those books, card games, resources are on my website, imunplugged.com. If you want to support what I do and you're like, hey, man, you've been a blessing and you feel led to give, you can give there as well. Uh, uh, we appreciate your support in advance. We have a lot of work that we got to do next year for our school um, as well as for uh, for you all for resources and whatnot. So we appreciate y'all's generosity in advance. I think that's it. Let me see people at the bottom. Hey. Auntie, what's going on? Hope you well. Uh, Angel said that's good. All right, God bless you. You're welcome. Uh, love that H E A L. Keep you out of no, it. <laughs> love y'all. Y'all be blessed. I'll see y'all next time. And uh, peace.